0: Tonight, with a little bit of time that I have left. Genesis chapter number 25. Genesis chapter 25 tonight. And I want to share with you a very familiar passage of Scripture. And I want to try to apply it to our life. I've had this on my heart all week, preaching from a personal place. If I had a title for this tonight, Brother Jacob, it would be, It Might Be a Setup. Can I just say this? The devil is always trying to set you up to take you out. The devil's always trying to position you and I in a place to strike a blow to the vital organs of the believer's life and the church. And I want to give you a few things here in Esau's life that you and I, if we notice these things in our lives, we might be being set up for the enemy to take us out. Remember, some years ago, there's not any children in the room except for Miss Shiloh. Um, but I, I'll say this: I remember some years ago I was arrested. I don't know if I told you that when I when I sent my resume in, Brother Ben. But I was arrested some years ago, and I was facing 16 years in prison. And I, I, I before I came to know Jesus, Amen. Um, before I came to know Jesus, uh, I had made some poor choices in life that put me in a bad Spot, But let me tell you this, the way I got arrested was my buddy set me up. I, I should have known he set me up, but he set me up because I didn't pay attention to what he was doing in my life. And I just want to say this, uh, when, I, when I heard the handcuffs clasp on and the doors slammed behind me, my buddy wasn't anywhere around to be found. Uh, he set me up. And uh, he was my friend, I thought. But look, he had on purpose... Set things up for me to take a fall. And I just want to say this, the devil's trying to do that in your life and my life. Let me read to you here, Genesis chapter 25 and verse number 29. Listen as I read. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage uh, pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. I want to get into this real quick tonight. i got about 13 minutes to give you this. And I just pray it can whet your appetite. But I want you to know uh, the devil is always trying to set you and I up to sacrifice God's best for our life for something less. The devil is always trying to set you and I up in our life so that we might exchange God's eternal purpose for our life for a temporary fix. I want you to know that a temporary fix in life is always easier in the moment. Waiting on God, trusting God, is a a long process sometimes. That's why Isaiah said, "...they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength." And I want you to know, in the Christian life, there's an easy way that can satisfy your need. There's an easy way. There's an easy way out. But God's way uh, can take time to work out in our lives. And the devil is always at work, brother and sister, to set us up to exchange God's plan for a momentary pleasure in our life. That's what temptation is, and that's what Satan wants to do. And listen, you say, well, th- this message won't apply to me. It may not apply to you today. It could. But maybe you can look back over your life, some of you older men of God and women of God, and see how Satan has tried to set you up for failure, or set your marriage up for something less than God intended. And maybe here, particularly today, uh, if you're younger, Um, The enemy is constantly trying to wear you out. Let me give you three things here that you can use as a litmus test to see whether or not Satan might be setting you up to miss God's best. Esau could have inherited the birthright. But listen, he was set up to give his best for something less. I want you to see the first thing to pay attention to we see in Esau's life is exhaustion. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible tells us in verse 29 Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field. Watch this, and he was faint. That means he was tired, he was weary. And he was exhausted. And listen, Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Listen, Esau knew that he was tired. Now, Jacob was a farmer. And Esau was a hunter. And Esau had been out in the fields and the forest and the wilderness hunting. Listen, he had been out exercising his gifts for his family. He wasn't out living in sin, he wasn't out gambling and committing adultery and getting drunk. He was out being responsible and doing the right thing the right way. Listen, he had been out hunting wild game and he had come home empty He was exhausted from the journey and the life out of you and out of me and leave us depleted and exhausted in the Christian life. Look, the, the battle can leave us hurt, lonely, frustrated, disoriented and confused. Battle weary and tired. Some of you men of God, you've been tired in the journey. And uh, some of us younger folks have been tired in the battle. Listen, that's all right. Every soldier gets exhausted. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 19, I want to give you some, another example in the Bible of exhaustion. Uh, 1 Kings 19 verse 4, 5, and 6. We read about Elijah. Elijah. The Bible says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. Elijah, we're going to see in a moment, had just been used by God to do an unprecedented work in Israel. Now we find that Elijah is exhausted. He's sitting under a juniper tree and he is clinically depressed saying, I'd rather die than live the life that I'm living. We see here, as Elijah said, it is enough. He said, I've had enough. He said, I'm exhausted and I'm weary and I'm tired. Now, O Lord, take away my life. Do you hear the prophet, the man of God? For I am not better than my fathers. The Bible goes on to say, And as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, You know why he was asleep? He was exhausted. Behold, then an angel touched him, And said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake, bacon on the coals and a cruse of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. See, Elijah had just been used by God. The Bible tells us that he had been in the fight of his life. He was on top of a mountain called Carmel and he had just prepared A sacrifice he Called down fire from heaven Brother Mike and listen to this He himself with the sword Killed 450 False Prophets Can you imagine the scene that day? Elijah, all this pressure, everybody watching his life. He took time and prepared an altar. That was a job in and of itself. He took time and prepared a sacrifice. That was a job in and of itself. Then he soaked that sacrifice with water, Brother George. He stood back. He called upon God. Fire fell from heaven. Consumed the sacrifice. And then Elijah drew his sword and he fought to and killed four hundred and fifty false prophets single-handed. Listen, no one would question his claim of fatigue and exhaustion. He had done a big job, amen. And he was exhausted physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Can you imagine that being you? All that God had just used you for. Him. And now, after this, Jezebel, the lady, said, I'll kill you, Elijah. And Elijah was full of fear and despair. Can I just say, you might be surprised to know that Christian workers get tired spiritually, but they do. And I just want you to know it's all right if you get exhausted, but listen very carefully. It might be a setup. Be careful when you get exhausted. Be careful when you get mentally tired. Be careful when you get emotionally tired. Be careful when you get spiritually tired. Let me ask you this Are you an exhausted Christian? Do you need rest? Do you need to recharge? If you do, that's all right. But let me give you the second thing here that was setting Esau up. Number one, he was exhausted. And he was not exhausted from doing wrong. He was just exhausted from his labor. But number two, we see exaggeration. Notice what the Bible says here. He came and and he said in verse 31, And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Listen, behold, I am at the point to die. Won't you think that's a little bit of exaggeration? He said, I'm about to die. Listen, he had already got back home. Why didn't he go find mama and get some free food? Listen, what happens when you get exhausted, we start exaggerating our condition. He said, I'm about to die. What is the point of my birthright? What good is it to me? See, when we get exhausted, we don't see things factually. We see things inflated in our lives. See, Satan is the master of magnification. He can make a small molehill look like a mountain. He can make a small stream seem like a sea. See, Satan might be setting you up by getting you exhausted and then exaggerating your condition. He said this, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? Esau was so exhausted that he actually believed he was going to die. He actually believed he was going to die. Let me ask you this. Jesus went without food for 40 days. Moses went without food for 40 days. Listen, you can go without food for a long time before you die. Amen? Listen, Esau hadn't been out hunting 40 days. But he began to exaggerate. Why? Because he was exhausted. Look, when the Christian gets exhausted from the duties and labor, it is not uncommon to see things as extremes. Words like always. It always turns out bad. Words like everyone, everyone is talking about you. Everyone is against you. Everyone is leaving. Every, and we start using words like always, everyone, and no one. No one likes me. No one cares about me. No one understands me. We start using words that are over-exaggerations of reality. May I just say this? There's plenty of people that love you. There's plenty of people that care about you. There's plenty of people that understand and have walked what you're walking through. There's people around you that care. You're not the only one. They use words like always, everyone, no one, and never. We toss those words around. Well, I just never seem to come out on top. I just never seem to get a break. I just never and listen, you've had some good breaks in your life. You've had some good blessings in your life. You, God's been good to you in your life. But what happens is Satan sets us up by getting us exhausted in the right work. Then we begin to exaggerate our circumstances. Look, when we look look at life through exhausted eyes, things look exaggerated. The world, the flesh, And the devil will make my situation look darker than it really is. Deeper than it really is. More discouraging than it really is. And harder than it really is. And listen, that's what happens when we get tired. Everything looks exaggerated. The world, the flesh, and the devil will tell me that everyone is against me and no one is for me. But you remember what God told Elijah? Elijah said, "I'm the only one, Lord." You remember he got tired, Elijah. He he said, "God, I'm the only one serving you," and God said, "Get up! I got seven thousand others that haven't bowed the knee." See, sometimes we get tired. Even the great men of God like Elijah, they get tired and exhausted. They start exaggerating, saying, Oh God, I'm the only one doing it right. I'm the only one trying to fight for you. I'm the only one that's staying by the stuff. I'm the only one that's doing it the right way. And God says there's 7,000 others. And sometimes I say, Well God, I ain't seen one of them. (laughs) God, let me get in the company of them, right? 1 Kings chapter 19, we're going to see verse 14 and 18. Watch this, the Bible says, And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. This is Elijah again. Because of the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, trod down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, watch this, exaggeration, only. I'm the only one God left and they seek my life to take it away. Guess what? Only one was seeking his life. That was Jezebel. Nobody else in Israel was seeking his life. He said, I'm the only one, and they are after me. Listen, he wasn't the only one, and there was only one seeking after his life. Then verse number 18. God says, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Listen, Elijah was tired and he honestly thought that he was the only one serving God right. And there was no one else, but God had to correct his exaggeration. Let me ask you this, how is God correcting your exaggerations? Listen, bring everything to God. Bring it to God. Let God give you the right focus when you're exhausted. Number three, let me give you this. It might be a setup if there's an exchange demanded. We see an exhaustion. We see an exaggeration. But watch this exchange that's being brought to the table. Jacob said in verse 33, Swear to me this day. See, this is how the devil works. Don't think about it. Don't pray about it. Don't process it. Today, right now, make a decision. Make a quick call. Make a judgment now. Make a choice now. Do it today. Do it today. That is how the enemy works. He wants you to make a decision when you're exaggerating your situation and you're exhausted in life. May I just say this? You should never make a major life decision when you're exhausted and everything seems exaggerated. Just be still. Listen, the devil's trying to steal something from you. The devil's trying to steal God's best from your life. The devil knows that God has a plan. The devil knows that God is up to something, so he's setting you up to take what God wants to do in your life. Look, Esau, Esau while in his exaggerated and exhausted condition, was willing to give up His God-given birthright, listen, for a bowl of pinto beans. Can you believe that? He was willing to give up God's best for a bowl of beans. See, when you're tired and exaggerated, you do poor business. Was that good business? Absolutely not. Listen, the birthright would have lasted him his whole life And even secured the future of his children and his children's children. While a bowl of beans would only last about three hours. Listen, it is not time to make life's decisions when we are physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually exhausted. Why? Because we tend to over-exaggerate our reality, which is a faulty foundation to make a decision on. Would you agree with that? Listen, the world, the flesh, and the devil want me and you to exchange the eternal for the temporary, the holy for the unholy, the righteous for the unrighteous, the good for the evil. Brother and sister, listen, Satan might be setting you up. Do you feel tired in your Christian life? Are you tired of praying? Are you tired of reading your Bible? Are you tired of doing the right thing? Are you... But you love God, you're just exhausted. Look, the devil might be trying to take something precious from your life. He might be trying to steal something right out from under your nose by causing you to see things that really aren't as they seem. 2 Corinthians 4.18, and I'll finish. While we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen. See Esau, he wasn't looking at the unseen birthright, he was looking at his temporary need and there was beans there to satisfy it. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Listen, let me ask you, are you being set up somewhere church? Are you being set up somewhere? Are you exhausted? Are you tired? That's all right. You need to recharge, rest, get refueled, rejuvenated. Listen, are you finding yourself where you're exaggerating the conditions? I mean, are, are you finding yourself exaggerating what's going on? You find yourself, all of a sudden, things are just always and never and all the time and no one and everyone? Listen, Satan might be trying to get you to trade the will of God for your life for something that'll satisfy just for a little while. Listen, there was nothing sinful about pinto beans. Amen? I'd eat some right now. But he traded his... He could have bought all the beans he wanted, Brother Jeff. But he traded. The devil set him up to trade... His most precious possession for something that would digest and be gone in a matter of hours. Church, be on guard. Guard yourselves. Guard your family. Guard your mental health, your emotional health, your, your spiritual health. Guard yourself. And when you find yourself getting tired, uh, what do they say? Halt. H a l t. Halt, stop everything. If you're hungry, hangry, Brother Chuck, A, angry, L, lonely, or T, tired, halt, stop, don't, be careful. You might be being set up. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Don't make decisions based on those Feelings, Amen? Father, I thank You for my church family. I thank You so much for your, your goodness in our lives. God, we know the devil is on the prowl and God, we don't want to be set up and not know about it. God, last time I was set up by a man, God, I went to jail. and God, I don't want to be set up again and not know about it by the enemy. God, I pray that if there's anyone here tonight or anyone listening to this God or anyone that will listen to this God that finds themselves slap wore out and exhausted in their Christian service that they would pay careful attention because the devil might be setting them up to exchange a temporary solution for an eternal Possession. God, we need You in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.